Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareka. We are cosmic beings, beings of light. A single moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time that we receive one of those moments. We are honored, overjoyed, privileged, and humbled. We serve in your presence. Our shows are held on Mondays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, 9 a.m. Pacific. At any moment to participate on one of our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. All podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco, cview1111 at gmail.com, or visit our website, cview1111.net. Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or use Take My Call. And for $11, you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o slash 11. And then please PM or email Claudia Pareco with the phone number you'll call the show at cview1111 at gmail.com. Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Today's song features A New Dawn by Cyclone. This is in part of his new album, Sakura. And today, CBU 2021 presents Iodine, the Miracle Element, with Ava Rockwell and a guest host. And when I spoke with Ava, I, she started talking about thyroid, cancer, and a lot of things that are related um, to iodine. And I wonder, so what does iodine has to do with your health? I know it's part of salt. I know it's an element, but I wasn't aware of many of the things that you can help your health with just by adding that to your supplement. And let's bring the experts today, Ava and Amanda, who will cover um, many interesting facts. And they will also tell you their personal stories of transformation since they discovered iodine. Hey, Ava, thank you for being here. Welcome to see you. Hi, Claudia, thank you. And Ava, you were also telling us about your School of Holistic Medicine.com, and you have a lot of courses, models, programs, and for people that are listening, use Claudia1111 and get 10% off. Can you tell us just a little bit before you present, you bring us Amanda to the show? Yes, yes. the school offers, like you said, courses, modules, and programs in traditional naturopathy, clinical herbalism, and advanced holistic nutrition. We have a fourth and final program called Spiritual Medicine and Esoteric Arts. Our Rockwell Tridoctorate combines all three of our main programs. And as a bonus, we included the fourth, Spiritual Medicine, for free. And we have all kinds of payment options if you're learning, if you're interested in learning about um, prevention and natural ways to um, like prevent chronic disease and reverse it. Thank you. So, and they can go um, to schoolofholisticmedicine.com. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice of you. So Amanda uh, is 
a holistic health practitioner who has attended the school, and she's joining me today. We both love iodine. She's out of Rhode Island and um, takes clients all over um, the United States, so you can uh, follow her. Um, She can give her um, socials at the end of our talk. Amanda? Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, Yeah, like Ava said, my name is Amanda Prado. I am a holistic health practitioner. I started as a holistic nutritionist five years ago. I became certified as a holistic health practitioner two years ago, and I've been practicing virtually with clients all over the United States. Um, I'm also finishing my tri-doctorate program with the School of Holistic Medicine. Um, So once that is done, I'll just continue practicing and go from there. Yeah, so that's great, Amanda. Thanks for sharing. And um, so today we're going to be talking about iodine, and I consider it the miracle elemental. It's this beautiful purple crystal and um, basically, whether you call it iodine or uh, iodine, um, there's different pronunciations on it. It was once considered um, the universal medicine, and it was actually used for almost everything. But um, with the advent of antibiotics, it became antiquated and pushed aside in lieu of pharmaceuticals and relegated to outdated status. And fortunately, um, physicians, um, to be physicians practicing learning in med school, They are actually studying um, iodine literacy from the 1950s. It's so outdated. So most most conventional um, licensed, like medical doctors, providers, they are taught basically that, you know, iodine is toxic for you. But the science does not support that. And um, studies actually show that it can prevent up to like 70% of glandular-based cancers or cancers of the endocrine system, thyroid, prostate, breast, cervical, uterine, um, pancreatic, and basically it's a tragedy that people don't know that iodine can like heal fibrocystic breast almost overnight, literally, depending on the severity. Um, And there's so many things that it does. So um, Amanda, how have you used iodine and tell me like your story with iodine? So I was introduced to iodine a few years ago, and I honestly, like, you know, most people didn't really think too much of it and didn't really look into it until I started attending the school, and there is so much information on iodine in the curriculum, and it really started to catch my eye. I don't know exactly why, but I just feel like the more... I researched and the more I looked into it and the more I learned about it, it was like, wow, why aren't we talking about this? Why, you know, why aren't people utilizing this like we used to? Like you said, you know, it was a form of, you know, called the universal medicine for a reason and doctors used it and prescribed it for a multitude of different ailments. And, you know, of course, um, with the introduction of antibiotics, and, you know, antibiotics have been useful, but then again, there are instances in which we could use something, you know, instead of antibiotics that would have a better effect on our body. And I feel like introducing iodine back into medicine is what we need to start doing. And I know a lot of um, functional medicine doctors and naturopaths and holistic health practitioners like myself utilize iodine um, for many reasons in our practices. So I started looking into it, and it wasn't until I had my own experience with using it that I started using it with my clients. So I, um, I actually had an instance where I developed Hashimoto's, and Hashimoto's is an autoimmune thyroid condition. Um, So, you know, most people will look at it as a thyroid condition. It's not truly a thyroid condition. It's really a condition of your immune system. You know, when we have any of these types of... Can you just differentiate that? Can you just tell people briefly the difference between a regular thyroid condition and an autoimmune thyroid condition? Because I think people just, they have no idea. Yeah. So, 
An autoimmune thyroid condition is like any other autoimmune condition where it's a dysfunction of your immune system. So there's a million different, you know, causes for this, you know, so it's identifying your root cause, but um, the cause is immune system dysfunction. And what happens is in these different types of um, conditions is your immune system will actually attack, um, you know, the gland or the organ or what have you. So with Hashimoto's, and it was named Hashimoto's by the doctor who discovered it, um, it was uh, where it attacks your thyroid. So your immune system basically attacks your thyroid gland and causes and damage, so, which impairs its yeah. function. Right, right, exactly. So yeah. it's like, oh, it attacks it. People are like, oh, oh well, you got to learn to live with that. It's like, no, do you understand? Your body has begun to destroy itself, and it will kill off an organ. Mm-hmm. And that's why people with autoimmune disease have earlier death rates, because their body has killed off parts of themselves that need to function, right, Amanda? So the, the goal with Hashimoto's is to reduce antibodies to zero and stop the destruction mm-hmm. of the organ, whatever the case may be. Is that correct in your understanding? Exactly, yes. yes and that's, that's a hardcore view correct. on it, right? That's a hardcore view on it. Like, but most people, we really, really yeah. candy coat it, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, and I saw a video for ulcerative colitis or one of the um, irritable bowel syndromes. One of those, no, those was actually like autoimmune in it's a video for like a teenager who's diagnosed and she's just like, yeah, you know, you just, you, you know, you just learn to live with it. You know, don't worry about a root cause or prevention or reducing antibodies. It's just, you know, take this drug and, you know, call it a day because, you know, and it just blows my mind how much we downplay autoimmunity in society. And I predict that everyone is pre-autoimmune, you know, I really do generally believe that. And it's epidemic. Like you said, why aren't we talking about iodine? Why aren't we really being honest about autoimmunity? So you started taking iodine for autoimmunity and we kind of went off on a tangent, but I'll let you get back to your story. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there are other thyroid conditions, which, you know, hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. One is where, you know, your thyroid is overfunctioning, and the other is your thyroid is underfunctioning. So, and they'll have, and you know, we can the, get into that. physiological this is just physiological yep. versus autoimmune, right? It's just where it's just where you're right. like, oh, this needs a little more grief. We're gonna fix it and make it work. Versus, wow, this is like critical. They're both really important, but they're just different, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. There are differences, and especially when you're treating these conditions as well. And there's not very much going on for treatment, um, you know, in regular allopathic medicine. But because we know, you know, the root cause. Um, in holistic medicine, we tend to treat these conditions differently. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you use iodine for yourself and you feel like it made a difference. Absolutely, because now for me and, you know, everyone is physiologically different. Everyone has, you know, a, you know root causes that, right. you know, are probably similar but are not exactly the same. So, you know, this isn't to say, you know, this is what everyone should be doing. But in my situation personally, um, I was very, very iodine deficient. And I became iodine deficient because I wasn't, um, I didn't know about supplementation. I didn't know that I wasn't intaking enough through my diet. I stopped using iodized salt, I mean, quite a long time ago because it's just processed. Right, There's right. No nutrients Same. to it. It's, yeah, it's not good for yeah, you. And I so think we were most like people extra low on it. <laughs> right. And I think most people have made that shift. Most people have realized that, you Absolutely. know, yeah, not to well, use it. Well, then I like crap and they want something more organic, you know, and unrefined. But then they find out, oh, well, they're, they're not even getting iodine from the salt, let alone their, you know, supplementally. Right. So that's exactly. kind of where you realize that you're super deficient. Yeah, so I realized I was I was very deficient, and the reason why I became so deficient too is because I had two pregnancies within you know roughly two or three years, you know, and my first child I breastfed for a year, my second child I breastfed for 21 months, and that further you know pregnancy depletes iodine stores. You know, I mean it depletes other things as well because you're giving all of these nutrients to your child, but breastfeeding will further deplete you because, again, you are taking these nutrients from yourself to provide your child with, and most of us are nutrient and mineral deficient to begin with. Absolutely. So, and in um, my opinion, if, if you're going to be low on a nutrient, like iodine is not the one that you want to be low on. Like go be low on boron or something. Do not be low on iodine. 
right? Right, because right. It's so significant. It's the, and, the, and if we were, like, the zombie apocalypse movies, if the criteria for being a zombie was being iodine deficient, we would be the zombie wasteland because, seriously, like, and it is, it affects our children's IQs, it affects moods, mm-hmm. it can reverse eating disorders. I mean, it, it does basically, it's like the mother medicine, everything. So what did it do for you? Yeah, I mean, iodine is incredible. I do agree. I mean, in many studies, they have shown that there's no fungus, bacteria, parasite, um, virus that has been shown to be resistant against iodine. And, you know, we know that there's antibiotic resistance is forming now. So I think that iodine could be a possible solution, and we should really start looking into this more. And Dr. Circus who Ivy Proust, who is our traditional, our director of the whole tri-doctorate, she says that basically, um, oh, my God, I get so excited about this stuff. Oh, so basically, she really loves Dr. Circus. And Dr. Circus is awesome, but, you know, he is a little bit radical for some and, you know, sometimes long-winded and dark-natured. If you know him, he's he's not like a – He's not like some of the other functional medicine practitioners that we might follow, right? Because he's very like, oh, man, the world is, you know, whatever. So he, he's, he's a little right. dark that way, but he's incredibly he's knowledgeable. <laughs> he's extreme. But, you know, he says on friends, you know how we're, we're friends medicine, right? But on the fringe mm-hmm. of the fringe, people are using iodine as a vaccine, which that's like the fringe of the fringe, right? And I don't know much about it. But, like, the statement that you just made a second ago about iodine, how you said nothing has been able to shown to resist it. You know, it's like probably the number one antagonist against the pharmaceutical industry, if you ask me, you know. Right, which is why it's not being talked about. (laughs) Right, I know. And it's what's happened with N-acetylcysteine, which do you know about NAC, what just happened? I do, yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, that was something that's been going on for the last couple of years now. And, you know, I think it's, you know, it's just coming to the forefront. Um, well, you mean with you know, that with particular the FP- supplement or just in general? No, with that particular supplement, it's been under question for the last, like, couple of okay. years. So, okay. it's, so it, it wasn't is new. interesting. It just happened to coincide with COVID, right? Because the, yeah. the scientific studies show, the yep. evidence, you know, shows that NAC is essentially the all-natural vaccine, which they just pulled off the shelves calling it a drug. And hopefully they will never do that with right. iodine. But how do we know that right. that's not in the works too, right? Because it's so powerful. And NAC, well, the for studies those who have, don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, the studies have shown that, you know, most most people, um, you know, who have died of COVID have been severely deficient in glutathione and NAC is biome, which exactly. is the largest, you know, antioxidant and detoxifier in the body. So Yes, guys. So for, to repeat that, which might sound just like, what do they just say? You know, I'll tell you again. <laughs> <laughs> NAC stands for N-acetylcysteine. Some people just call it NAC if they're like, you know. But I say NAC. And anyway, it's basically, like Amanda just said, it's a precursor to, it's basically the catalyst for the master antioxidant in our body called glutathione. And there's other ways to get it, but NAC, it's just like it, you know, it's the real crust around the biscuit. So basically people, studies show that with COVID, and we, I reference a study, you can like go to our website and you can go to our COVID class and you, you can request a download for our, um, like what we, what I use with my family. I'm not telling you to use it, but it's something you can review and use it for your own information. But um, I link to the articles. Like I don't just say, oh, here, you know, take this and here's why. I'm like, look, you go read it if you feel like it, you know. But just if you don't have time, I'll link it here. Basically, the two, there's studies that show people infected with COVID, 80% of them are asymptomatic if they've been taking a dose of N-acetylcysteine for like two weeks to four weeks, Okay. And there are 80% of infected COVID patients on N-acetylcysteine are asymptomatic. It might be like 75, but I just round up and say 80. And then with those that are not on N-acetylcysteine, only 25, 20% are asymptomatic. Amanda, to me, that is a natural vaccine. Do you agree? I do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could be the reason why they. Yeah. It's tragic. So basically it prevents the lung, lung issues, the breathing issues. I've, you know, and I've seen older people that got the same strain of COVID on N-acetylcysteine fare better than the younger people that were not on it who had terrible breathing issues. 
So Inocito Sistine, in my opinion, you know, I mean, it's so sad. So, guys, they just pulled it from the shelf. We're a whole point, you know, we're going to go back on track with iodine. But hopefully this will never happen with, with iodine. I feel like it's so rudimentary, Amanda. It's, like, not as complicated as NAC, so they may not really mess with it much. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, dirt or earth, you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like they underestimate the value of it, and that's why it's, it hasn't, you know, been messed with yeah. as of right They're now. They're so busy pushing drugs and, you know, mm-hmm. giving you disclaimers for side effects. But, like, there is a holy grail of, like, uh, medicine all in, in one. So you took it, I'm assuming, for Hashimoto's. And what, how did it change your life? What did it do? So I know that, you know, our experience with iodine is a little different because you've been able to take very high doses of iodine. Um, But for someone like me who has Hashimoto's and knows the root cause of my condition, I had to really go slow with iodine. Although I was iodine deficient and my body really needed it and wanted it, um, iodine is very, very detoxifying and it's detoxifying in many different ways. It can push heavy metals out of your body, like mercury and aluminum. Um, it will push toxic halides out of your body, so fluoride, chlorine, um, bromine, things of that nature. Um, it will kill uh, viruses. It'll, you know, kill parasites, bacteria, all these different types of things that it will do. So for me, I was extremely toxic. You know, I have high heavy metals. Um, I have high mercury levels from um, silver amalgam fillings that I had done. Um, I had bar virus, which, you know, that's a different topic for another day. Um, But I had Epstein-Barr virus. You know, um, I had a reactivation and, you know, it laid dormant, but it was still um, doing some damage, you know, underlying damage. So when I started taking iodine, I started detoxing heavily. Um, And I started pushing out all of these things that didn't really belong in my body. But, of course, I was having reactions. And normally in allopathic medicine, they would say, oh, you're reacting to the iodine. You don't need the iodine. You should stop taking it. But, you know, I knew better. Yeah, I knew that's not the case. I'm not reacting to the iodine. This is a trace, you know, mineral. This is something everybody needs. Um, you know, it was just the fact that it was detoxing me and I was having these detox reactions. So I had to go very slowly with my iodine supplementation and continue to build up. And as I, over time, I was able to build up and I was, you know, better able to tolerate it, thankfully. And now I'm working on basically building my stores back up again. And it was part of my protocol that I use to put my Hashimoto's back into remission. Right. And so have you been able to check your, your antibodies? Because remission means that the antibodies are zero to non-existent, which is considered a reversal yep. or remission. But if you go back to old habits, those things will change and they will go back to normal, right? It's a kind of a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. To keep those antibodies non-existent, which means when the antibodies are low and she's essentially reversed it, um, or put it in remission because it can always come back. They say with autoimmunity, you know, mm-hmm. you can't say cure, and you especially can't say cure for an hour realm. But so it's in remission. Mm-hmm. It's not causing a problem. That means that basically your body is no longer destroying its organ. Is that right, Amanda? Yes. And what I want to say is just people have different, um, you know, everyone has a different definition of remission to them. For me, yes, I was able to get my antibodies um, pretty close to zero. Now, other people will refer to remission as not suffering any side effects. So perhaps they do still have antibodies and things like that, but they're no longer suffering the symptoms that come with, you know, having a thyroid condition or having an autoimmune condition. So it, it really depends on the person, you know, it's kind of perspective based. Well, how do you so define, I just wanted it? To mention I define that. it? by I define it by testing and uh, physical symptoms. Like, so to me, remission would mean both. Yep. What about you? Yes, I agree. I do agree. Yes. I believe that remission would be where your thyroid stops, uh, you know, your immune system stops attacking your thyroid because you can't be in remission if that is still happening because you're still no, doing you damage can't. to your thyroid. And, you know, your hormone levels are not going to be adequate. And later on down the line, it will still lead to a form of physiological thyroid condition like hypothyroidism. Right, right, yeah. Um, So have you used iodine for any other things? Um, Because people don't know this, but if you 
um, if your thyroid is just not functioning right and, and say it's non-autoimmune, we're going to always assume things are non-autoimmune without testing, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we just won't know. So um, if you take iodine and um, you're, say you're, you know, say you did get tested and you know for sure you're, you're not an autoimmune candidate and you're, uh, you don't need special prerequisites with iodine because you, I, you have to really talk to an iodine literate practitioner or take our iodine course to really know how to handle if you do have an autoimmune condition, right? And we have references mm-hmm. for that. That's a little bit more complicated because you're dealing with an autoimmune condition. So you don't really approach iodine willy-nilly, even though me and Amanda know the backstory with it. People out there practice, you know, on their own. Like, you have, to, you have to educate yourself, right, Amanda, on that. You have to become iodine literate. You don't, if you have an autoimmune condition with your thyroid, you don't just, like, go like I do and take, like, 7,000 times the normal dose of iodine. Right, Amanda? Yeah, because you can do more harm than good in those type of situations. Yeah, the reason is mostly because you're um, not – also, taking selenium with it. And our course talks about that. Selenium mm-hmm. and iodine are best friends. They're like night and day. They have to be like, you know, part of the horizon, you know. You can't have one without the other. So that's kind of what I've seen is the biggest issue with Hashimoto's patients taking iodine and not knowing they had um, an autoimmune condition in advance is that will bring it about. And partially, that, partially, a huge part of that is not having selenium with it because they work in synchronicity. But so if you're healthy without an autoimmune condition and you think that your thyroid is lagging because you're under a lot of stress or you have a lot of cortisol and, you know, you're iodine deficient, which is like the main key, when you do take iodine, mm-hmm. it can regulate your thyroid to the point that you won't need or you can get off of your and decrease your, your thyroid medication, which is miraculous, right? Isn't it amazing how iodine regulates the thyroid, Amanda? Yeah, and I've seen, you know, a ton of Dr. Brownstein's, um, you know, studies on that and a lot of his, I've read a lot of his clinical notes and he's worked with so many patients. God, I wouldn't even know how many. Yes, And thousands, he's utilized thousands. iodine. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And he has worked with the, the founders of iodine literacy too. Mm-hmm. And there's a few people that are like propped up in the background of iodine literacy. And um, thank God for them, right? I mean, Wow. So iodine can just, you know, regulate your thyroid without having to take desiccated hormone, thyroid hormone. And the problem with those, from my opinion, is that one has a rice starch or a corn starch or one will have like a soy in it. And I'm like, or dairy. Like, I don't, I never want that. And I, I never really want to be dependent on it because people become dependent on those medications. And if I can take iodine instead and, you know, and, and I've seen it for myself. So for myself, how iodine has affected me is, um, I started it with fibrocystic breast. Um, I was handling receipts, remodeling a house, and receipts are full of, like, um, toxic BPA, bisphenol A, which aggravates um, your hormones. It imitates estrogen in the body. So my breasts would swell to double, triple the size, and they would be just so painful, right? And that's kind of when I started on iodine. I started researching what I could do for that, and I took it, and it literally cured me within, like, and I say cured because, I mean, it was gone, like, within three days, Right. And I kind of just, it was just like kind of a novelty thing I put on the shelf. But then later on, as I, I learned more, and I don't even remember where this a big, big shift came, but I started learning iodine does everything. And then I started taking healthy doses. I noticed that my kept my, I lost weight. My uh, weight was easier to maintain and um, I slept better. And for like other people I know, like that had eating disorders or problems, you know, really honestly, cognitive issues. Okay. Um, like, you know, I won't say IQ issues, but iodine is shown to raise your IQ no matter what age you are if you take it. It's, it's going to raise those IQ points a little bit, especially with, like, I think tra- trauma patients, you know, who mm-hmm. it actually has shown that when you're in narcissistic relationships, it's almost like abuse to the brain. Like when sugar, we eat a lot of sugar, it's like literally shows up as a physical battering of the brain. So same thing with trauma victims, right, Amanda? Wouldn't that be incredible if we could use iodine? Because it lifts dark moods, it stops obsessive thinking, and, like, it can help reverse eating disorders. How yeah, I mean, crazy. it would be wonderful. <laughs> I know. It does everything. So there so, are different forms of iodine, too. So maybe we yeah. should go over those and let everybody yeah, know about the let's different, do. you know. And we'll talk about our experiences with each because I know we have different experiences with them and some crossover, but some mm-hmm. don't. So what, what do you use and what is your, you know, favorite methods? Of applying so I, you know. I honestly have used a few different types, and I like different types for different reasons, you know. So um, Google's is probably the most common form of iodine which people use, and we know that iodine is not very soluble in water. So Google's solution came out, 
and they added potassium iodide, which increased the solubility of iodine in the water. So they came out with the Lugol solution, which is 5% iodine and 10% potassium iodide, um, and this is housed in distilled water. And this is the normal application of iodine for most people. And I have used it, but, um, you know, some people don't really convert potassium iodide um, well. So uh, there is another version, which is nascent iodine, which I like a little more. Um, and they nascent you can take internally or you can take it um, transdermally. And I have used, you know, both of them, you know, um, in different ways to try and kind of test it out on myself to see what my body really likes. And I have a topical solution that I use that one of my good friends actually um, created. And he is a um, doctor and chemist. And he's actually a research scientist that is doing studies on reversing breast cancer utilizing iodine, which is amazing. And I know you mentioned that in the beginning, the different types of endocrine-based cancers um, that people are using iodine to reverse. So yes. I've, used, I've used his solution, which is a transdermal solution. It's a fat-soluble. Um, so the bioavailability on it is really high. Um, and it, it is very potent. So I've noticed with that one that I do have to go a lot slower um, than if I was using a Lugol's. And I don't know if it's because my body is not um, able to convert the iodide as well, like some other people. Um, but I think that there are good solutions for different reasons. I know that, you know, there are tabs you can take too. Some people take something called violet, which actually has selenium in it as well, which is great because then you don't have, it kind of takes the guesswork out of it. You don't have to worry about supplementing selenium additionally. Like you said before, this is something that you have to use in conjunction with iodine. Selenium prevents iodine, um, you know, from, from um, absorbing too much iodine, and then your body can just get rid of the excess. And then, you know, selenium does a lot of other things in the body as well. So um, what is your yes. favorite way to and can I, iodine? Yes, and I just want to touch on selenium really quickly. Like they've shown that almost all lung cancer patients are selenium deficient, just like all, almost all breast cancer patients have bromism, which is um, a toxic mm -hmm. halide. Um, like you know, chloride, fluoride, all of that stuff um, that sit on your iodine receptors and block iodine uptake, which is the mm -hmm. cancer preventer, right? So, um, yeah, selenium is incredible. And in, in my opinion, you know, so violet's my favorite. Violets are little, <laughs> violet guys look like little baby aspirin, but they're white. And mm -hmm. I take like four at a time, and I take like four selenium with that. But they do have selenium in them already. Now, is it the all-natural form? Because we talk about the different forms of selenium inside the, the program. And I'm not sure right. what it is. I feel wrong about taking a synthetic selenium. Um, I don't feel, like, I feel negative if I'm taking, like, synthetic beta carotene. I feel negative if I'm taking ascorbic acid, synthetic vitamin C internally, you know. Um, but then there's other vitamins, like certain B vitamins, that you're, you're, they're going to be straight out of a lab, and it, and it is what it is, unless you're taking a food-based vitamin. Right, Amanda? Correct. Yeah. We're not going to always have 100% lab-free vitamins. Sorry, people. It's impossible, right. right, Amanda? You just can't pull this stuff out of the air. You have to create it. So. Some of them may not be perfect, and ideally you want an all-natural one, but I really, really love Violet because it's very, very tiny, easy to swallow. And the other option is Iadorol, and then they have a knockoff version um, on Amazon that's cheaper, but I've had it, and it upset my stomach, and it was just, like, not very good. And Iadorol I can take. That's what most um, people are writing about in the books. Like, uh, our uh, printable reference guide, which makes up our iodine miracle elemental course, is basically based off of like three to four books on iodine. And one of them um, is by a woman named Lynn. I can't remember her last name, but sh the whole book is about um, people that are turning to iodine for cancer prevention and reversal. And some of them are doing it all natural with only iodine and some of them are doing it in combination with conventional medicine to increase like um, 
success rates, right? Because not everyone is going to want to just go at it, cancer with iodine only. And it's a personal choice for every person. But, um, yeah, so the different forms and stuff, I think when I first started, Amanda, with iodine, I was applying mm-hmm. Lugol's uh, solution directly to my breast. Okay. Um, that's how I think I first came about it. And then, I, you know, it was just kind of was a momentum in it, and it just spiraled into more. But in terms of taking liquid iodine, I know people that do that too, but for me, I just mm-hmm. – I don't, you know, but I would. But I think a lot of people also don't know that if you get colorless iodine, it's ineffective because it doesn't have the active component or something. And it are like I ha- we have like oh my gosh, eight hundred lessons. So I'm sorry that I don't have like every, you know, point in front of me. So I don't remember the exact detail. But you know what I'm talking about, Amanda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there are different forms of selenium, too. Like, you know, you can get plant-based yes. selenium, which is from, like, mustard seeds. Um, you can get um, you can get selenium that's, like, from, yeah, from, like, high yeast selenium. Um, and there's all different types of forms of selenium as well. So, I mean, right. is there one in particular that you think is best? So in the studies that were done on selenium for effectiveness, L-selenium, methionone, um, it's called it's a specific brand, and it's in our program. We link to it, and it's like five bucks a bottle on Amazon. It's like it's so I know what it safe. is. It's, it's healthy origin. Selenium Excel. Excel. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I use that, but there's a new, you know, because like Dr. Circus, he is on the fringe of the fringe, right? So of course. He has videos online about the new selenium, and it's and it's a liquid, and you know he he is just calm as a cucumber and just very you know he he just sees the reality of the world, right? He has a little bit of that that um, cloudy disposition, you know, but he is so cutting mm-hmm. edge, you know. So I, I've never tried that, but I think I think it's interesting. But I think the critical things I really want to say for anyone who's listening, there's a couple of things. Number one. Um, Iodine and breast cancer prevention, they're, you know, it's just key. So the other thing is that if you are already on thyroid medication, and a lot of you guys out there are like, oh, yeah, I already know iodine, right, sister medicine. But a lot of you out there don't know that if you are on thyroid medication and if you've been on it for, like, something like 15 years, you have, like, a 50% or double, triple the risk of breast cancer. Why? Because thyroid medication um, – increases uptake of iodine and if you're already deficient you're going to be more deficient which means what and ensure that the toxic halides instead of iodine which is the beneficial halide the only beneficial halide of all of the like total of like five or six halides chloride mm-hmm. fluoride um bromide they sit on those we're exposed to these all the time in our toothpaste our corn in our water um the hot tub our mountain dew uh not that i'm drinking that but they put it at brom- bromide into uh soft drinks so those go and sit where the iodine is supposed to sit in your body, right? So you have these, like, little, you know, toxic elements, like, sitting on your body receptors where basically iodine is supposed to be sitting. So if you're listening now and you're not on iodine and you're on thyroid meds, please urgently go and get your iodine stuff tested. Find an iodine literate practitioner or a functional medicine doctor who is educated because a conventional medical doctor – I'm, I'm sorry to say I, I love what modern medicine has done. Like you were talking about antibiotics and how we have so many alternatives. Like antibiotics, uh, literally cherish what, but we've, we've abused it and we've gotten away so far from natural mm-hmm. medicine. We have to come back and have a balance. Um, uh, conventional medicine is, again, I mean, we teach all of our students. It's wonderful for acute care. It's great at diagnosing um, disease pathology. So the holistic health practitioners know where to start, right, Amanda? It gives us a map. Correct. Whereas uh, I hear other herbalists from other schools go, well, we don't want to define anybody. We're not going to put anybody in a box. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Use modern medicine to our benefit in every way that we can. But at the mm-hmm. same time, modern medicine has to step back and meet us halfway because you have to find an iodine literate practitioner who can help you with this. Because if you go tell your doctor, I mean, first of all, I mean, they might be offended that, you know, you think you know more than they do. Right, Amanda? It's possible. And, you know, just don't want to step on anyone's toes. Just go find a functional medicine practitioner or an iodine literate practitioner online. Um, you can contact us and we can refer you to someone too. Um, or get, take our course and you will have a lot more information um, because thyroid, people taking thyroid medication have to have their iodine tested. Because otherwise, I mean, I just, it's, it's a nightmare waiting to happen, right, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, there is a test called the iodine loading test, and that's how you would test your iodine levels to see if you're deficient or not. But what I will say is that, 
90% of the people who have been tested through these tests have shown to be iodine deficient. Yes, 90%. And those are people not mm-hmm. even on thyroid medication, nothing even increasing yep. uptake or blocking uptake. So basically some things are going to increase your uptake and some things are going to block your uptake, right? So a goitrogen is going to block it, and that's basically raw cruciferous vegetables. Like if you think it's cool to eat raw kale, I mean, we have students that have come to the school that have gotten goiters from, like, doing the whole raw broccoli and all this kind of stuff. And we have a raw foods versus cooked foods debate. I'm into, like, raw foods as long as they're not goitogenic, you know. If that's kind of your thing, I get it. You want light foods. But um, there's, there's a lot of factors involved in this, right, Amanda? I mean, it's, it's a science. Yeah, I think that if you don't have a predisposition genetically to these type of conditions, you might be able to get away with eating, you know, raw cruciferous vegetables. But if something, you know, endocrine disorders run in your family or thyroid disorders run in your family, it's definitely something that you should be aware of. And I'm not saying to not eat it at all. I mean, I do consume, you know, cruciferous veggies because they're great for you, you know, for other reasons. But I, love them I do make sure that love. they are cooked now. Yeah, same thing here. Whereas, you know, uh, you just kind of have to. And I wanted to tell you, Amanda, I was like, just so you know, I'm like not blowing smoke. So, guys, about the school's five years old. And about a year before I started the school, I started doing these, um, like, Weston A. Price type um, paleo potlucks, right, Amanda? And I met this girl Mm -hmm. who was in the medical medium, right? And it was because of this girl that I actually decided to start the school. Her name's Terry. Terry, if you're listening, ha ha. But oh wow, so she got me. Yeah, she got me into like the celery juice stuff, right? So I made it a few times. If you check out my personal Instagram at Ava Rockwell and you scroll way back, like hundreds of pictures, you'll see like I did a couple of attempts of celery juice, whichever pictures I have archived. But I know I left at least one up because I did it a couple of times. And I was okay with it, you know, but for some reason, I just didn't stick with it. And I can't remember. There was no specific reason, Amanda. Maybe it was just too much work. I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't notice, like, oh, wow, this changed my life, you know? So maybe that's mm-hmm. why, or it was, maybe it was just too much work. But it's beautiful, and it's a beautiful concept. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's this, it's this green liquid, right, guys? And it's just, I, I love celery. I think celery is incredible. But so recently, I was going to get back into it. And I had tried buying the Suja juices from Costco, and I just hate them. Mm-hmm. But I know everyone's on the bandwagon, right? And I was going to ask you about it, Amanda, and I know you would just totally sniff your nose at it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when we buy these juices in the store, like most of them are pasteurized, unfortunately, and a lot of them are just sitting on the shelves losing nutrients. So I mean, it's better than nothing at all. Of course, at the end of the day, I tell people the same thing, like I'm not going to get into semantics, because I've seen people, you know, treat cancer with a $40, um, you know, Jacqueline juicer from the Salvation Army. So I'm really you know, I think that it's right. better than nothing at the end of the day. Right. But, you know, if you can get the most benefit out of it, then I would obviously do that. So I juice fresh uh, celery at home every single day and every morning before I eat anything. That's what I do. And I have done it for the last two years. And I don't follow medical medium because I know, you know, a lot of people will automatically assume, oh, celery juice protocol, then you follow medical medium. I do not. Um, I just kind of tried it because I was trying different things when I was trying to treat my thyroid condition and it worked for me. So, you know, I'm just clinical proof that that? it's great because if I don't do it, I feel, you know, I could feel the difference. Okay. So basically you, you, you learned from medical medium and that's the thing that you pulled out that you kept kind of like whenever I study religion, I'm like, Oh, I'll take this, 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 make my own like menu. Right. So yeah, kind of yeah, happens. exactly. So I, yeah, and okay. not that he doesn't have other beneficial or useful things, but I just feel like he doesn't really have any type of like targeted protocols. And when it comes to holistic medicine, like you have to have a targeted protocol. So I like that. I, that's very sciencey. I like that. So for me this week, so I I get on these crazy bandwagons and I'll do these like. I don't know. I'll do a diet and I'll forget about it and I'll do the diet again. And then I'll, you know, like I just, I'm, I literally have to really start posting on social media because my, mine and Amanda's life, I mean, for those listening, like literally our whole lives kind of revolve obsessively around, around health, at least a good 50%, right, Amanda? Like that's our, that's what we eat, live and breathe, yeah. like constantly. So people don't understand, like, so I was going to, like, redo the celery thing, Amanda. I was, like, going to order a bunch of pounds of it and use my juicer. And I'm like, girl, seriously, you just want to eat, like, chicken chips right now. Like, you can't. <laughs> I'm chicken chips I'm chips. Just, 
that's just me. So you will see me on social media literally every day. And I did it every day for an entire year. I posted myself, you know, juicing celery. And it was really just to show people, you know, you can be, you know, it's not difficult to do this. It takes me literally five minutes every single day. And it's really just a commitment thing. How committed are you oh, I love to that. your health? I love that. You make it sound so easy. So what is your social media so we can follow you? So um, I do have an Instagram. It's at Stay Sprouted. My website, that's my business, Stay Sprouted. My website is www.staysprouted.com. So you can find me there as well. And what's your personal Instagram? Uh, My my business Instagram is at Stay Sprouted. I don't, I I keep my private Instagram private. And then my Facebook um, page is open to the public as well. Find me on there, Amanda Prado. Okay, so my personal is at Ava Rockwell, and then my um, business, School of Holistic Medicine, at School of Holistic Medicine for Instagram. Okay, so that's really cool. So I'm getting ready to go do this, like, celery juice thing again, and my intuition just like, okay, just look up anything about celery juice one more time, right? Because I'm so extreme. I'm just like, I'm looking for a deterrent, right? So this is what I came up with. It says large amounts of celery juice can interfere with iodine uptake and can result in a goiter. Um, especially for those that have a known thyroid issue. So there's one source at Banner Health, and then it's cited in the same thing cited in a different article. But I just wanted to tell you that because you probably thought I was crazy and didn't believe me. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't, and I've looked into it as well. Like I've looked to the pros and cons, and of course I research everything. So and it um, might be at the extreme. Day, it may though, not be. It may not be good science. Like I don't. There's not a lot on. Yeah. You know, like we know for sure that like raw cabbage, raw broccoli, raw um, cauliflower, raw asparagus, raw strawberries, and raw um, kale, and then raw Brussels sprouts. All of those, if you're eating those raw, you know, like I know someone who's really, really healthy out in New Mexico, one of our students, um, Heather, and she had this happen, you know, where she was just, you know, really on the raw food bandwagon, and she, you know, she really, really regrets eating so much. She said raw goitogenic foods. She just didn't know, right? So someone who's kind of from the raw foods vegan, you know, they may be like this, because whenever I was vegan for three and a half years, but my raw foods is the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I would have been so ignorant, you know, and I think of all the wheat and soy that I consumed on that vegan diet, you know? I'm like, oh, oy vey. But anyway, so the celery just thing may be extreme, and I still, you know, I'm open to trying it again because I celery is just, I think it's a beautiful, you know, plant and stuff. So that's cool. I'll have to, you know, check out your Stay Sprouted and look at your old uh, celery post. Maybe it will inspire me if it only really takes five minutes. And I'll really give it a chance and just see, you know, because maybe it's really, maybe it doesn't interfere with iodine uptake as much. I just thought that was kind of like super friends, right? It's interesting, too, because when I first started doing the celery juicing, it was actually when I had a reactivation of Epstein-Barr virus, and I couldn't do it. Um, I wasn't able to tolerate it, and I thought it was just because I couldn't tolerate celery because there is a small percentage of people who are sensitive to it, so I thought that was the case. So I stopped doing it, um, but it was really helping me to detox, and that was the issue, just like iodine does. And I realized that because once I got to a point with my Epstein-Barr virus where I put it back into dormancy and I was, you know, feeling well again, I started doing the celery juice for my thyroid and I was able to tolerate it and it actually made me feel really good. It gave me a lot of energy um, and it did, you know, a few different things that I noticed personally. So, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's physiologically different and we can't say that everything's going to work for everybody. Yeah, and I think really like listening to your intuition and stuff. But what? Um, how do you know something is or isn't working? Like you said, the celery juice wasn't working. Like, what do you mean by that? Were you getting so high? It's not that it wasn't. Like it wasn't working. It was just I. I was getting. I was feeling very. Um, I was kind of fatigued when I was doing it, and I felt like um, kind of like detox symptoms, like flu-like symptoms every I time I would too do much. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, so, but I do know from at least old school, well, my understanding is, and I don't, you know, just kind of like a general knowledge from somewhere where I looked it up, like when I was like 22, I don't even know, um, some vague past, but I've known celery as a blood purifier, but I don't know if that's true, but that's just my, what I'm pulling out of my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I yeah, I agree. It is. And I feel like because I had, you know, that Epstein-Barr virus, um, I feel like that's why I was reacting to it at the time. And, again, that's just me personally. That's what I've observed myself. Okay. So-
So that's really cool stuff. And we're talking about viruses right now. We only have like, I think, 10 more minutes. Um, and I don't, so I was, what I was just going to say is super French French medicine too, is um, the oxygen therapies that filter your blood and pull out viruses. How about that, Amanda? You heard about mm-hmm. it? You've seen that in our lessons? I have. Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. That, so like UV therapy. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. because you're you're basically filtering your blood and then putting it back into your body. So you're essentially like cleaning it. But doesn't that sound to me that sounds so scary, but like incredibly beautiful and miraculous at the same time. Yeah, I mean it's something that they've friend, been doing for quite some time now. So it doesn't you to me, I don't know. To me it doesn't seem like weird. <laughs> No, it's not weird, but to me, it's a little bit scary because, like, the blood is so sacred to me spiritually and also just, like, physically, right? Obviously, it's like our heart. It's everything. It's like the air we breathe. So, like, you're taking it out and putting it back in. Would you you ever do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think I would, too, but I think it takes some courage, you know? I would let Dr. David Brownstein do it. (laughs) The reason why, too, is, you know, I was chronically ill for a couple of years, and I literally would have done anything to get better and I did try like different things like I did I did hyperbaric oxygen therapy um I did like ozone treatment so I've I have done some like aggressive things because I was so sick it got to a point where I was bedridden for almost three months at one point so I think it just like depends I think yeah if you're in that type of situation you will go to any extreme to really regain your health yeah, depending on your level of desperation, I completely agree. Especially those people with like Lyme mm-hmm. disease that are that are critically bedridden and you know ready to give up. And um, I think we've probably all been there physically at some point. Whenever we've been so sick, we're just like, geez, you know. Um, so yeah. people are using that filtration of the blood with with Lyme disease, and I'm just like, again, it's like, wow, like it's a no brainer. It's like so much more simple, like filter the blood of a COVID patient early or something. And, you know, it's basically how many times does your virus get to multiply, right? And the studies have shown when you take mm-hmm. antivirals. For me, I've, I've echinacea and I, like, go back to when I was 20 years old. I mean, I've been taking that tincture for 20 years. My daughter got sick, like, oh twice God. her whole life because I had her on it, you know? And what it does, it shows in the body, like, when you take the echinacea, it shows the virus moving and duplicating. And say it's, like, two-thirds or halfway through the body. The echinacea somehow meets it or come, creeps up behind it, and it literally glues it and stops, like, the spread and duplication. Is, if that doesn't blow anyone's mind, what will? Yeah, I mean, we could definitely, like, talk about herbals for days and days and days. I do think it's important before we get off, though, just to mention, I know we talked a lot about, you know, thyroid health and different conditions in which iodine is really useful, but I just want to make sure, you know, we didn't really touch too much upon, you know, the regular everyday person that perhaps doesn't have autoimmunity or doesn't have a thyroid condition, that it's super important for, you know, these people to be taking iodine as well because not only is it great for prevention – But we live in such a toxic environment, and iodine can really help to detoxify the body. You know, we're consuming brominated flowers, and like you said, the Mountain Dew and sodas contain bromine, and then, you know, there's fluoride in our toothpaste and in our water, and, you know, we swim in chlorinated pools and things like that, so we're exposed to all of these toxins, and then, you know, heavy metals, things like that. No, I agree. The average person, like this is critical. Everyone in mass must be, in my opinion, on iodine. If you're not sure about it and, you know, you're freaked out, you can take our course. It's really pretty cheap. And if you take our course, you know, um, it's basically very affordable. Um, It's called Iodine, the Miracle Elemental, but it comes free with our naturopathic oncology course. So if you want to take the oncology course and get the bonus um, iodine class or just take the iodine as a standalone, Amanda's totally right. Like This is a call to the masses. I mean, this is critical. I mean, we're talking like um, prevention of like, I mean, I think Dr. David Brownstein says like 70% or more of cancers, Amanda. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe, yeah, it's like good, you it's said, incredible he had thousands of patients, and he, he's an expert on this, you know. So, you know, it's incredible stuff. So what else do we want to say um, in closing? Or I don't know if Claudia comes on and asks us questions before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I pretty much is, it's, I've been listening to this, and I appreciate what you said, Amanda, at the end, because it is important that 
some people think that you should only take supplements when you're sick or when you have the need of. But we never think about supplements or most never, mostly never, to prevent and uh, to make sure that you have everything that you need to have a healthy life. Because when you lose health, you almost lose everything. Claudia, that's so true. And, oh, my gosh, I think Amanda – So, oh, my gosh, Amanda. So I really appreciate the I, – I know where the school of thought comes from. and But I see it – I can't help it – as, like, a self-righteous stance. It's that purist. <laughs> Um, no, we're all, you only take a supplement, the very, very minimum, and, and you never take it more, and you try to only take it natural. Well, guys, listen, I've got facts for you. If you try to go and just do Brazil nuts, which sometimes have mold, some people, you know, don't want to eat nuts because they have an omega-6 issue, and then in those cases, then you can take Selino Excel, yes, for the rest of your life. Why? Because it's a lifetime preventative. I appreciate that you want to go all natural and you want to be like kind of self, not you, but just whoever's like feeling self-righteous about it. I've seen it over and over again where people try that and the thing is is i mean i amanda it applies in some cases but not all at all right and i think that's kind of where the school differs is we're really more practical and honest about that whereas i feel like other places are just kind of like oh yeah just go take some vitamin c and you're like no it's ascorbic acid you don't want to be taking that vitamin c not especially long term um it's got all kinds of side effects find a natural supplement for vitamin C or use natural, like literally um, not overly heated lemon water or, or kiwi, right? Literally, like that's a natural vitamin that you can get, but you're, you're not going to go get iodine out of lemons and you do need it for the rest of your life. And there's people that are just like, take it as you need it or go and eat dulse. If you take our printable art course and you get in our printable reference guide, it explains why you can't rely on dulse and kelp for iodine um, alone. You may want to, and if that's all you have, it's okay. But to just, you know, it drives me crazy, Amanda, whenever I see this whole, this self-righteous aspect on supplements. Can you tell me how you feel about it before we go? <laughs> yeah, I just think it's really important to be educated, and you really can't be educated in everything. So it's important to really work with somebody who is educated and has gone through everything because there are certain supplements that are really great for prevention that you can take long-term and you should be taking, but then there are other supplements that we really shouldn't be taking. I try not to do, um, you know, I try not to do isolated vitamins and things like that. You want to get things as close to nature as possible. And of course, you know, we want to get as much as we can from the food that we eat. And we know that's kind of impossible these days. The nutrients in food are, you know, so depleted in our soil and whatnot. But serious. It's critical. People have no idea that the level of nutrients that we are not getting from our food. And I agree with Amanda. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have seen herbalists overprescribe herbs and people get jaundice and they, cause they're taking them for too long and people diagnosing mm -hmm. parasites through photographs. And I just can not like literally, unless they're like some really famous spiritual expert, like I just can't have, you know, it's just too crazy. So she's totally right. Like there are some things we have to take long-term and there's other things that if we take them long-term, they're going to cause us problems. And like you said, Amanda, education is key, you know, and it's like you said, mm -hmm. we can't know everything, you know? Right. And like, you know, you mentioned echinacea before, and that's something that, you know, I, you, you should cycle, you shouldn't be taking, um, you know, Absolutely. all the time, you know, every day, but you wouldn't know that unless you were an herbalist. And I, you know, there's elderberry, for instance, and I use that as a preventative, you know, when the time comes around, when it's like flu season, things like that, you know, I use it, I give it to right. my children, we take it every single day. That's something that's clinically been studied and, you know, proven to work. You can take it, you know, long-term, you can use it for prevention, you can use it in acute situations you really just need to know when to utilize yeah. you know these these different things yeah i agree yeah it's really fascinating stuff so we have the whole school where you can learn all about it <laughs> and that's what i wanted to finish with so for people that want to get that education eva can you tell us how to reach you just visit school of holistic medicine.com and our email is info at school of holistic medicine.com our number is 317-721-7020 and most people just you know pick a program that um, sounds like right for them and we love it it's just naturopathy herbalism and nutrition and spiritual medicine so thank you so much for having us claudia thank you for being here and for illustrating us thank you amanda as well for being here for your time Again, there's yeah, nothing you, more Claudia. precious but time and education. And thank you as well. And have a beautiful weekend. Enjoy your parents, you. your fathers. Happy Father's Day for everyone that is there. 
Thank you. Happy Father's Day, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks for listening in, everyone. Okay. All right. And thank you as well. Goodbye. Goodbye.